0: Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or maybe not so favourite horror movies with your host, me, Cap. This week, I am joined by horror hostess, ghoulish pinup and horror content creator, Miss Helena Housewife. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Uh, I'm so excited that we've, uh, myself and Helena have been uh, trying to record for quite some time and life keeps getting in the way every time. it's horrible. (laughs) But we're finally here. We've made it.
1: Yeah, no, I've been so excited. This is actually the first um, podcast that I've been invited to do. So I think I've got it, like, really built up in my mind. This is going to be something special. Oh, I hope
0: it is. I I love doing my podcast and I love talking about horror movies. And so I always try. I always find people that have that same love. I guess everybody loves horror movies that I have on the show, though. (laughs) Uh, so tell us a little bit about um, what you do with your content creation.
1: Um, So right now I do a YouTube show um, kind of in the same thread of like Mystery Science Theater or Elvira or Vampira. Um, I find like public domain horror movies and do little skits, you know, in between parts of it. And um write jokes to go over key points because a lot of those movies are kind of so bad. They're good. They're just easy to make fun of. And I mean, it's, I feel like a lot of it kind of falls under like the dad joke thing, but (laughs) I just, I enjoy talking about them and like making the jokes. My fiance helps me write a lot of stuff and yeah, that's one of the things that I love is the old movies, and I kind of tried to incorporate that with, like, my pinup stuff as well.
0: Yeah, um, I have noticed that with your photos on Instagram. They're they're really cool.
1: Thank you. I've actually kind of got into the horror hostess part of it through doing um, the pinup part of it. I've met more people that were into that, and I was like, oh, I can merge these two things that I love so much. And... it's kind of become the thing that I'm most known for in, you know, the little niche that I'm
0: in. (laughs) That's awesome. I I actually haven't seen many horror pinups. I've seen lots of horror drag because that's become like this really cool aspect of drag now that you can be like these horror characters and that just blows my mind. And now I need to get into the Finding More horror pinup because I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be lots of fun. Yeah,
1: I've been pretty lucky that just kind of around where I live um, we've got a lot of good like really creative horror you know people you know kind of doing their own thing so there's you know at least with a few of us there's good you know community you know you're not necessarily alone in it that's awesome that's really cool Uh,
0: it's not um, pinup used to be this really big community in, in the town that I live in And I feel like it just stopped or maybe I just didn't keep up with everything that was happening because my sister was friends with a lot of pin-up girls and so I was like, oh, so beautiful, so wonderful. I love it. I love everything because I'm not a very feminine person at all. So watching pin-up, I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at at your hair. That's amazing. How do you do that? That's art. That is art.
1: (laughs) It used to be a bigger scene around here as well, but I don't know if just... I think it was one of those things that it was kind of trendy and then it stopped being as trendy. So you still have, you know, the diehard people that that's part of their identity and they keep doing it. But then it seems like a lot of people have kind of moved on to other sub-genres and things kind of like I have.
0: Yeah. I did live with a girl that loved pin-up and um, she was a burlesque dancer. And so I met lots of people in the blessed community in Sydney, which is like my capital of my, st- the capital of my state. And they, everyone's just so beautiful. The, the community is so lovely and welcoming and friendly. And I was just like this random in my skinnies and a pair of Vans and a band shirt, <laughs> some random. And they're just like, you can hang out with us. And I was like, Oh, you're also, you are angels. What the heck? It's Yeah. It's really lovely. Um, I miss. I'm, I do miss that part of Sydney. Uh, but, I mean, I can catch up when I get back, when I'm allowed out and back to Sydney. <laughs> um, so the movie you've chosen today is Army of Darkness. Tell us a little bit about why you chose that. Well, th- this film. I hate saying that.
1: So um, I chose Army of Darkness probably because it was one of the, you know, first movies to really kind of, get me interested in horror um it's one of those that i remember seeing on like the sci-fi channel whenever i was you know little and just the the humor and the comedy of it the practical effects bruce campbell you know it it just kind of drew me in and i think that's kind of what started you know my love of horror
0: that's awesome yeah i i hadn't seen army of darkness until maybe two or three years ago and i love Evil Dead I love Evil Dead 2 I love the remake I love Ash vs Evil Dead and then watching Army of Darkness I was like this this makes sense for the person that Ash is in Ash vs Evil Dead and how he's kind of like lost the plot a little bit (laughs) because he's not he's not he's 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 a loose cannon in Ash vs Evil Dead like his personality and um you know the way he speaks to people is kind of like
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I noticed, you know, because it kind of, it came off that it was completely disregarding anything that had happened in Army of Darkness. So you had, you know, Ash in like Evil Dead 2 versus, you know, the first one, he definitely was more sure of himself and more, you know, a little bit more macho man, but not, you know, with his wonderful one-liners and things like that, that you come to see, you know, like in Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. It was like, you missed all of that character development.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, and Evil Dead 2 is probably my favourite in the entire series just because it's just so unhinged. And I, I just love it for that. And and then, um, yeah, Army Darkness is probably, I'm going to say my least favourite, but it doesn't mean that I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it definitely, it went away from the Horror elements of the first two and it it kind of it gives me the same vibes that like the 1999 mummy had you know that you had these little horror elements but it was more about the you know adventure and the little like you know the funny moments
0: yeah and I think I love it for that I love the fact that it's set in medieval times it gave me Monty Python vibes like um <laughs> from uh what's the movie um <laughs> Uh, I'm so bad at this at remembering I should have written it down because last night I was like yeah holy grail <laughs> that's the one because <laughs> like that's got those same um great one-liners and the quips and the practical effects <laughs> and, and and that movie has like the Monty Python movies have like a a deep place in my heart because it's something I watched with my dad and he loves those mm-hmm. movies and then when I watched this I was like oh my gosh this I swear Sam Raimi just went holy grail but evil dead <laughs> and i i love i love that aspect of it
1: yeah i mean it i feel like that's the reason that i always that's the one that i'll pick to rewatch over the other two just because of those funny moments i mean just that and the practical effects that's i'll yeah. sit there and i'll just eyeballing them and trying to figure out like how they did some of it you know that's the way that my mind works i always want to go watch behind the scene things on everything
0: <laughs> got it. i'm the same i'm like how does that work now i've got to research i'm going to spend the next three hours finding out how this stuff works <laughs> uh so a little bit about army of darkness it is a 1992 american comedy horror directed co-written and co-edited by one of my favourite filmmakers, Sam Raimi. Co-produced by Robert Tappet and Bruce Campbell and co-written by Ivan Raimi. Starring Campbell and M. Beth Davids, who you'd know as Miss Jennifer Honey from Matilda. It is the third instalment in the Evil Dead franchise and a sequel to Evil Dead 2. Follows Ash Williams as he is trapped in the Middle Ages and battles the undead in his quest to return to the present. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's get into it. How exciting! I love Evil Dead. I love Bruce Campbell. I think I, I like. I'd love to meet Bruce Campbell.
1: See, That'd be cool. He's one of those that any. I have friends that do a lot of like horror conventions, and they've gotten to meet him, and I've heard nothing but good things. Like, I just want to go give him a big hug and be like, "Thank yeah. you for making <laughs> these wonderful things."
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the fact that he also is. Um, I think there's, like, I think they said that he was advising on the new Evil Dead, Evil Dead Rise. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a rumour or if he actually is, but I hope so, because uh, I think that, that he will have a lot to to contribute to, you know, bringing Evil Dead into, what, 2021? It'll be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things, too, with, like, the remake, you know, that he, you know, produced on it as well. I mean, so definitely with this series like you know that he loves it he wouldn't keep coming back to it if he did it
0: yeah he's committed he he is (laughs) lent right into it (laughs) uh so the film starts with ash campbell and uh, ash campbell ash williams (laughs) I mean, maybe he can change his name to Ash Campbell. I don't know. Um, and uh, they're chained up in a contraption called a pillory. I actually looked this up because I was like, it's not a stock because the stock means your feet are also trapped. It's a pillory. That's the medieval contraption that it's called. And they're being led up a rocky path. And we hear Ash begin to narrate how he got where he is. <laughs> and um, he is... Uh, He says, uh, close as I can figure it, the year is 1300 AD and I'm being dragged to my death. It wasn't always like this. I had a real life once, a job. I had a wonderful girlfriend, Linda. And I really like that it's like a, um, that you might be wondering how I got here. You know, those um, TikToks that are on, that were, you know, a thing ages ago. And I I love that um, because it gives me that, I, it reminds me of that.
1: <laughs> well, I think it was kind of funny that they chose to start it out like that because if I was reading it correctly, that, you know, the first two movies, you know, weren't necessarily done under a studio. They were kind of picked up afterward, and Universal actually was putting money back behind Army of Darkness. So I think it, it's almost like they didn't expect anybody that had actually seen the first two films to know, you know what was going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I watched this and it could be a standalone film, but I wouldn't want to go into Army of Darkness without having watched the other Evil Dead.
1: Yeah, no,
0: definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So he continues to, they're providing exposition to what happened in Evil Dead 2. So he's talking about his trip to the cabin in the woods and how an archaeologist had begun to transcribe uh, the Necronomicon or the Book of the Dead. So he continues this summary um, and he goes on to talk about how he thought he was finished with the evil in the woods, but it wasn't exactly over. He says, in order to rid myself of the foul thing, I read from a passage in the book that was supposed to open a hole, a hole in time that would send the evil back. And it worked. I just didn't plan on coming along. And I just, I, The opening for this is just great because it's just, I love that... Um, like tea it felt like um the 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 wonder years like (laughs) opening like where you know he's always narrating the opening of the episode that's how it felt to me and i i have like a deep love for that television show so (laughs) um unfortunately ash is sucked into this time vortex along with his shotgun his chainsaw and of course his delta
1: got I have the Delta. It's got to <laughs> be in every one of those movies.
0: <laughs> I love how obsessed he is with his car in Ash vs. Evil Dead.
1: <laughs> I mean, that car has survived so much. I mean, I would be obsessed with it too. <laughs>
0: yes. Although at the end of this film, I don't know how it survived to Ash vs. Evil Dead. I don't
1: know. Maybe he got enough of the words right that it managed to make it back in one piece. Big <laughs> stuff. At least minimal running. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we have some
0: really cool opening credits. I love how it's like all smoky and then wisps out Bruce Campbell's name. And yeah. like, he's the only actor yeah. they put on And I guess, you know, he made such a name for himself with Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 that I guess that's all they had to put on the screen for people to be like, yep. You don't
1: have to tell anybody else. You've got Bruce Campbell.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, And there's a cameo by Sam Raimi's brother, but (laughs) don't forget about him. (laughs) Um, Ash crash lands into rocks and um, it's like a, looks like a, a, what's that? a quarry that's the word that's what it looked like to me um his shotgun lands beside him and then comes down his delta a moment later when ash looks up he realizes he has been surrounded by a group of mounted soldiers it's very clear that he's not in the same time or place that he thought he was at all um one of the riders thrusts his sword into the air, shouting, Hail to him who has come from the sky to live, deliver us from the terror of the Deadites. Hail. Um, Ash looks really confused because, <laughs> you know, obviously he's just, I've got to deal with this. I've just come from the cabin in the woods. What? Why are you wearing
1: armor? Why are you on horses? <laughs> My thing with that. And this kind of, I sit there and I have to think about it every time I watch it. You know, the original Evil Dead, it was, like, shot and filmed in Tennessee. And somehow he goes from a cabin in the woods in Tennessee to, you know, England. Yeah. Not even in, like, you know, the same, you know, continent or anything. We're just completely, you know, (laughs) other side of the ocean now.
0: The the Necronomicon had plans for him, obviously. (laughs) Um, the commander or general who is Arthur decides that Ash is one of Henry's men. And this is really funny because obviously there were issues between Arthur and Henry during this period of time. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. they've kind of put Ash in this part of history, which is which is cool because as a history nerd, I'm like, hell yeah, like I, you know, I remember this stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, his like advisor, sorcerer, uh Wiseman John <laughs> says to him that he believes that Ash is actually the one from the prophecy and the Necronomicon, uh there to save, you know, um them from evil. And I just love that Ash is so uh like American and <laughs> he's like, take it easy, Chief. I was <laughs> like the way he talks to them, they're just like, what? I don't understand anything you're saying. <laughs>
1: I mean just the way that he interacts with them throughout you know the whole movie it's it's like you said it's very american he's came in and it's going to be his way and he's just concerned about himself getting himself back and if he does anything to actually help them you know that's just kind of to the wayside
0: <laughs> it's like oh that's a bonus i guess yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Arthur takes his sword and cuts Ash on the chest stating that if he were the man from the book he would not bleed and he says um, to the pit with him if he is truly the promised one he will emerge so they take Ash this is we see Ash now um, from the start of the film in his contraption mm-hmm. the pillory and he is brought through the foregrounds of the castle and this is where we meet Sheila and i love that her name is sheila in 1300 a.d
1: (laughs) it's i i wonder historically how many sheilas we're going to find you know from you know then probably none (laughs) i just want to know how they out of all the names that they could have picked you know that sheila is the one that they decided on (laughs) i kind of love it (laughs)
0: Because in Australia, Sheila is a slight, like a colloquialism for woman. So you'd be like, oh, this Sheila. So it's like, (laughs) oh, this like random woman, like that you'd say Sheila. And so hearing it in a film by Americans uh, in the 1300s England, I'm like, that sounds so out of place for me. (laughs) Uh, She asks Arthur where her brother is, and he tells her that he was killed in a battle against Henry's men. Assuming that Ash is one of Henry's men, Sheila attacks him, calling him a murderer. And, um, yeah, she's full. She's, She's ready to fight. Well, she calls him a black murderer, which
1: I don't know what that means. Yeah, that... Yeah, I have no answers for that one. But, I mean, I just... I, I love how her immediate reaction that was just violence, you know, she didn't need any other details. She was just like ready to go. She's
0: like, I will punch your lights out. And yeah. um, what she does to him later, that cracked me up. I just thought that was so funny. Uh, so Arthur has not only restrained Ash, but also Henry and his men. So they take them all over to the pit and he addresses everyone who's now gathered in the grounds of the castle about um, the evil that has taken over the land. And he's obviously referring to the deadites and how they've come from beyond the grave and whatnot. And he says, there is an evil that has awakened in this land. And whilst my people fight for their very souls against it, you, Duke Henry the Red, wage war on us. Your people are no better than the foul corruption that lies in the bowels of that pit. May God have mercy on your souls. And Ash has no idea what's going on. He's like, what's the pit? What's happening? He looks completely bewildered. And then um, the soldiers crank the, the I don't like a, a, a crank. And it opens, <laughs> let's just call it a crank. I don't know. They wheel something and some doors open to a deep, dark hole. And then yes. the old woman that's chewing on a bread roll <laughs> and like yells out, into the pit, the bloodthirsty sons of whores. And I was
1: like, Rude. <laughs> She has this piece of bread that is as big as her face, and she's just like, you know, she she's ready for her entertainment. She's going to eat her bread and yell out, you know, obscenities. And, <laughs> obscenities, yeah. It just it was so
0: funny because like all the bread like spitting out of her mouth and she's yelling, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so they throw one of Henry's warriors into the pit, and we hear a large splash which is followed by complete silence from the crowd because they know what's going to happen. So they're like, mm-hmm. wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> um, we hear ripping and like screaming before a fountain of blood gushes out from the top of the pit, which I loved. I was like, yes. <laughs> that
1: I mean, I, I am a sucker for fake blood fountains i mean like the nightmare on elm street and then army of darkness just give me the big fountains of blood
0: gratuitous use of blood blood.
1: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) nightmare on elm street's one of my favorite scenes as well i i love that all the time i think they used like 50 gallons of blood or something or 500 gallons of blood it was Either one. But I was just like, I was, I was that person to push the button for that fountain of blood to go out. That would have been
1: that dream job. I could retire. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, I'm done here. I mean, that's how I felt like with the remake, of, you know, when you get to the very end and you have all the blood rain. I just want to be the person to just like, you know, crank the sprinklers, you know, to <laughs> do that. Yes. That
0: is probably one of my top five scenes in a horror film. That 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 blood rain because I was like, oh, that is insane. I would walk through that. <laughs> Obviously, it's not real blood, but yeah. it like if it was real blood, I'd probably throw up because that's gross. Um, people probably think I'm a sicko. I'll
1: say, I'm gonna get myself on like a list or something. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> the walk through the end scene of Evil Dead remake blood blood shower list where's that (laughs) um the camera pans to ash who is pleading with henry to let the soldiers know that they don't know one another because henry has admitted you don't look you're not one of my guys like what the hell are you doing here and and um they're like fighting and the crowd is making fun of ash for being a coward and i was like oh that's so sad but from
1: the sorry (laughs) no i mean you've just seen you know this big old fountain of blood and everything and everybody's just chill about it like yeah (laughs) the thing's just down there and feely on you for being afraid of it now you've gotta go down there have fun
0: they're all not afraid because they're not the ones getting thrown in there
1: (laughs) i'm just wondering why you would keep something like that like inside of your castle walls and not be afraid of it
0: (laughs) yeah like i couldn't sleep at night knowing that's down there but what if it climbs out um, from the crowd, Sheila throws a massive rock at the back of Ash's head, which I loved so much because I was like, that's such a child thing to do. Like, a child would do that. I mean, she,
1: she was choosing violence that day. <laughs>
0: she chose violence. Uh, it causes Ash to be a little bit disorientated um, and stumbles forward before someone just pushes him in the back and he falls face forward into the dark pit. it's just a really comedic scene for me because like i'm not really big into slapstick comedy except this film i'm really into it like i I really lent into it
1: i I feel like they did it in such a way that it it just flowed you know it was very it was kind of organic versus like being forced in there yeah you know
0: (laughs) I agree. It does feel very organic, all the the comedy of errors throughout this entire film. <laughs> uh, the pit is dark and misty and Ash yeah. has landed into like a shallow pool of water that's at the bottom of the pit, which begins to start boiling. And there's something beneath the surface of this water and a hand emerges. Um, but when Ash turns around, there's nothing there. And when he turns back around, he's confronted by a a, a female deadite um, because she has like screeching hair and she's just. This is these are my favorite deadites. I didn't like uh, the original deadites. I love the deadites that are in um, this and Ashford's Evil Dead. They're my favorite.
1: I really enjoyed the ones from you know Evil Dead Two. And I like the ones in Ash versus Evil Dead. It, I think the thing with Evil Dead Two, I like just how weird they got with you know the effects and things that they were doing versus these. Um, they didn't. They gave me more like zombie vibes versus something you know like demony. Yeah, true. Which is more more what I got with Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I
0: do like their eyes in Evil Dead Two though. Their eyes are creepy. Like. <laughs> um, Ash tries to claw his way out of the pit. Because I'd be like, no, 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 no. I, I'm not I'm not hanging out in here. Uh, and the Deadeye yanks him back down into the pit. The crowd above, hooting and hollering, wishing for Ash to be devoured by the Deadeye. Um, they basically punch on like for- ages this fight scene i was just like wow this is some of the fight scenes so i'm just like okay can we do like three minutes instead of eight
1: well and that's too like you know the first guy that goes in that pit it's pretty quick you get you know your blood shower i'm wondering what in the world that she's just throwing punches and stuff instead of actually you know going full dead-eyed on him or something you know yeah. which i know can be conducive to our story if ash is getting you know <laughs> The complete (laughs) crap beat out of him. But she's just, like, throwing punches, like, you know. (laughs) She's supposed to be devouring the soul, but she's, you know, just, you know, practicing a tribo or something.
0: (laughs) I do like how choreographed this scene is because there's some pretty elaborate, like, fight moves for a 1992 horror film. Like horror comedy, you know. There's a part where Ash like scissor locks her with his legs around her throat and like flips her over, and I was like, "What? Is this a professional wrestling match or this is insane?" And I, I did like that because Ash pulls out some of the craziest stuff in this movie, and and Bruce Campbell just does such a fantastic job in this film.
1: He's he's so great. I mean, he was just like physically, he was just on it you know he he committed like fully to all the stuff that he was doing yeah. and it shows i mean it's very believable he's yeah. uh he's super badass in this film
0: <laughs> whilst all this is going on wiseman john rocks up at the top of the pit and he's got he's carrying like i was reading the script for this last night and they call it Ashes excalibur <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, like Arthur and the round, you know, the sword and the stone, (laughs) Excalibur, and he's like, here's your chainsaw. (laughs) Uh, So he um, cuts the head off of the Deadeye and using a, like, there's a rotating chain that's on its way out, which is closing in, like, this wall of spikes which I thought was really interesting. Is that for the eye, Or is that for anybody who's just left over? It's like, we've got to clean up this now. I don't... <laughs> just in case you didn't die from the deadite. Um, so he escapes, um, climbs out of the top of the pit, and basically challenges everyone in the castle to a fight.
1: I mean, he just, he he comes out. You know just anybody and everybody and I mean he's literally like you and it's like the most puniest looking guy in like (laughs) Arthur's army you know that's the one that he like decides to really like antagonize (laughs) he's like no there's a poor little scrawny guy
0: uh but I love that he tells Arthur that your shoelace is untied and then uppercuts him which I thought was just great (laughs)
1: I mean, and then that leads you into, you know, one of, like, the best lines where he goes on about the primitive screw heads and, you know. It's, this is my boomstick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I love
1: that he also goes into a sales spiel about S-Smart. <laughs> yep, that, the gun and all everything it has to offer. And yes, shop smart, shop S-Smart. You got that? <laughs> And I, I just like, love that
0: everyone's like, what are you talking about?
1: And I feel like that's the moment that, I mean, he truly becomes like that character after that like spiel. That is, that is like the Ash Williams that like we all know and love now. Yeah. Like absolutely. that was the transitional yeah. moment.
0: Yeah. It's fantastic. Just because everyone's really <laughs> engrossed in what he's saying as well. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, yeah. Walnut stock. Yes. Oh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> Where can I get one of those? (laughs) (laughs) Um, He then proceeds to shoot the end of Arthur's sword off, because Arthur has gotten the sword out, to fight him. And everyone is like, oh, sorcery! (laughs) Which is the only explanation, obviously. Uh, But he actually shoots the sword, and then um, he shoots a deadite who has crawled out of the pit. Basically, everyone is celebrating him as a hero and Sheila is just enamored with him at this point, even though um, she first believed that he had killed her brother. Um, But you know, there's got to be a love interest. It's a medieval adventure story. There's a fair maiden to rescue and Sheila is it.
1: I actually really loved her
0: as Miss Honey as well. Just FYI. (laughs) She's, She's, She's just seems so soft and lovely and gentle and <laughs> even in this I mean, movie. I mean,
1: she really, I mean, she just is so, like, incredibly feminine and soft. Like, she's soft-spoken. Like, she comes, like, you know, up to apologize to him and she's just so meek and everything. Like, it, she really, like, kind of nailed that you know, the, the damsel in distress kind of thing going on.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I, I really like <laughs> some of the outfits that they have for her in this is uh, just gorgeous. I like mean, that they... final dress. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> like costuming in movies is one of those things that I always end up kind of picking apart. And because I, I, I like to see authentic stuff a little bit, but, I mean, even in this one, just knowing what it is and knowing that her costumes necessarily weren't, like, the exact same thing that they would have really been wearing. They really, like you said, they were just lovely. They, like, accentuated everything. Like, they made her, she looked like somebody off of, like, one of my mom's romance novels, you know. <laughs> A Mills and Boone.
0: <laughs> or, as I like to call it, Smut. Yeah. My my sister's been reading um like $2.50 Kindle books from Amazon and I'm like what are you reading today and she's like smart and I was like oh. she's
1: like it's just yeah. really easy to
0: read I get through it really quick
1: oh, I would judge my mom as a teenager but now like fan fictions and stuff yeah I can't like say anything <laughs> I find that stuff really interesting I just don't oh,
0: it takes me a lot to read something like it's Oh, it's horrible. I wish I could just pick up a book and be like, "Yeah, I love this." I'll read half a book and put it down and be like, "No, I don't
1: like this." You no, know, my attention span anymore is just—it's it, hard to just sit there and focus. <laughs> yeah, D- that is exactly where
0: I am. <laughs> uh, they all go to—they're um they're in the castle at this point and. I don't know, what are they, they're having like a little get together, aren't they? Like Arthur and the wise man and Sheila's there and the wise man is explaining to Ash that the only way he can return back to his time is by retrieving the Necronomicon. And so they're they're talking about that and um, Ash and Sheila are very close and cuddly at this point. And (laughs) I love this part because... um, the wise man is like blocking the view of like something behind him and when he moves it's a deadite and ash just like fully spins around and just shoots it straight away and i was like that's that the way that was filmed was just i really enjoyed that i was like that is that is really cool like um i think it's chore like choreography i don't know what it's called when you're shooting like action scenes (laughs) (laughs) i'm not into film techniques (laughs) i have no idea (laughs)
1: No, I mean, everything about that scene, because even, like, she's, you know, they shot the dead eye, like she's just laying there. I think Arthur's about to, like, go put his hand on her, and you can see, you know, in the foreground, like, her eye opens up, but just, like, little things like that. I mean, there's, like, just a slight little bit of tension where you fear for what, you know, the character is about to find out, but... Yeah. Yeah. Because like Ash says to like her, that.
0: it's a, it says to Arthur, it's a trick. Like, mm-hmm. it's not dead. Get me an axe. Like someone, get, someone get me a freaking axe. Um, and, yeah, I think Sam Raimi just has this real innate ability to, like, pay attention to the small details that add so much to each scene. Um, I, I absolutely love Sam Raimi. And, yeah, he just, his attention to detail and um, creating, like, special moments for his viewers is just yeah. incredible.
1: I feel like he had to go and storyboard like a lot of things to be able to get it, you know, exactly because everything just seems like it's so well placed. Everything is just in the proper spot to give you the right, you know, what whatever feeling he's trying to make you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. He um he everything is purposeful in his filmmaking, and I think he's done that through the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um after this moment um, Ash is getting, he's preparing to go on his journey to find the Necronomicon, and he constructs this, Ash is really intelligent, and I feel like people get this idea because of watching Ash vs. Evil Dead that he's this, um, like, Uh, macho masculine idiot where he's not like he was a university student and a college student about to graduate when he went into the cabin in the woods. Yeah. He's a little bit unhinged because of everything he's experienced, but he is so incredibly smart. And we see that throughout this film. And I think that that's really cool. I
1: mean, they definitely play upon, you know, just how resourceful he is. I mean, even, you know, doing things like not stating the words right, or, I mean, he's at least, like, trying enough to circumvent, you know, having it all the way right. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I mean, he, he at least tries to do it enough, and thinks about it enough that, you know, he in his head it should work out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because he goes on to engineer this, like, not only this, but further on in the film. But, but he does this cool hand that actually retracts yeah. and is mechanical so he can have that on his on his dump and he can carry his chainsaw and, and his shotgun at the same mm-hmm. time. And it's just so amazing because it's like, oh, he's bringing like, all this really cool modern stuff, well, modern for 1992, into this 1300s community where they're just like, this stuff is, this is crazy. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So while he is testing out his hand, Sheila comes in and um, is basically. She's there to give him a shirt for him to wear. And he's like, oh, thanks, I needed a horse blanket. Like, he's so mean to her. Uh, So she leaves. She's like, well, fuck you. I'm out. And um, this is where we get one of uh, Ash's one of his famous one-liners, where he goes to kiss Sheila and says, "Give me some sugar, baby." And I was like, "That's it sounds so out of place in medieval times." And it's just, I love it. I love that. I, I love how weird it is. Well,
1: I. I just I like how you know he's just you know you know cut up sawed up his you know last girlfriend and he's already you know this girl's tried to kill him and yep he's just he's ready he doesn't care (laughs) he's
0: just like ah whatever
1: (laughs) I think he's just in a
0: state of I'm I'm done with everything anyway who cares (laughs) I'm probably gonna die going to get this book (laughs) So uh, they have an intimate moment in front of the fire which i thought was actually t- really tasteful for a yeah. for a horror comedy film i was like oh this isn't too bad i this isn't too this is filmed really well
1: i mean it's definitely i mean because the movie even has an r rating i mean that that you don't see any you know anything tasteless you don't really ever see like any nudity or things like that like it's it's one of those that I wonder how it even got the R rating. It's yeah, like hardly any blood, there's no boobs, there's...
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not rated R here, I don't think, because I know that you have PG, PG-13, and then R. Yeah. We, have, we have PG, M, MA-15+, and then R. So we have two classifications in between our PG and our R. So I think this got an MA-15+. plus
1: it here it's rated r and it compared to a lot of things that have came out more recently like it, it feels like it should have been like a, a pg movie yeah I, I mean, i'd I even let they, my nieces watch it well i mean that's i i was watching it you know as like a seven or eight year old you know yeah. nothing you know traumatizing in it <laughs> there's hardly
0: any swearing there yeah there's no explicit nudity that's really it. yeah like i would let my seven-year-old niece watch it if she said to me auntie cat can we watch this i'd be like yeah sure like my niece knows what sex is she's not an idiot so that'd be the only thing that i'd have to explain to her if she asked (laughs) so it's like and it's like all of
1: five seconds yeah i mean i feel like my, my oldest kid, he's nine, and we've watched, you know, like Deadpool and stuff like that, which has some pretty, you know, explicit things. It's one of those, okay, you, you can go leave the room for, like, you know, until this scene's over, and then you can come back in. But, I yeah. mean, he's he, he's smart enough that he he probably he knows what's going on. But, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it was easier to let him watch the violence than to watch... <laughs> <laughs> like a sex scene
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, cuz my niece's I don't I don't know what they watch at home, but when they come here they watch whatever's on Disney. But once my niece asked if she could watch Wolverine and I was like oh, "I'm going to call your mom and ask her." <laughs> and my my, my my sister was like, "Yeah, she's seen other X-Men films and she's watched Marvel films and superhero films and at the end of it she was just like, "Uh, that was really sad." <laughs> But then my grandma went on a rampage about how I shouldn't let my watch my, let my niece watch something with so much violence, and I was like, "It's movie violence." She knows the difference between
1: real violence and movie violence. Like yeah, I ran into something similar, my because I I pretty much I let him you know watch what he wants to within reason, and our like kind of family thing has been Dragon Ball Z. Nice. And a couple of years ago, that's what he wanted as his birthday party, and our cousin who's I think he's, like, 16 now. But he's like, are you old enough to be watching that? I was Dragon like, he knows Ball what
0: Dragon Ball Z was on morning TV here, like, when I got ready to go to, pro- like, school between the ages of, like, 7 and 12.
1: It was one of those that it would come on cartoon networks, like Adult Swim. So it would come on, oh, you man. know, after everybody's supposed to be in bed. That's so That's so <laughs> strange. And, like... Uh, yeah because here it's yeah. just treated as a
0: kids show i think it was rated pg here because we only have like g then like general and yeah. then pg like that's that's it so i think it was pg just because it had animated violence and that was it See,
1: yeah, I, I don't know i feel like just cultural difference like things yeah, are treated absolutely. so differently here i mean it any of like the anime stuff or you know anything kind of violent you know would it be we would have like pokemon and stuff that was like our saturday morning like you know get ready and go to school stuff like yeah you know it would be pokemon or digimon or like Oh. there wasn't yeah. any like hardcore you know fighting. <laughs> you weren't getting like six episodes of you know gosh uh like Namekian genocide and stuff going oh, on, you know. We, um, I remember, like, watching Pokemon
0: or Digimon and then Dragon Ball Z and then going to school and kids would be acting out that morning's episode with one another. So there was, like, heaps of, like, Dragon Ball Z going on and then there were, like, Pokemon battles and I was just, like. <laughs> I remember Pokemon cards and Digimon and Tamagotchi's getting, like, banned from my school. <laughs> Because people were fighting. (laughs) The shows weren't violent. (laughs) The kids were violent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So after this, um, uh, Sheila, in the the next morning, Sheila and Ash um, bid farewell to one another. And Ash mounts his horse and rides off, accompanied by Wiseman John and a few other horsemen. And they're on this epic quest now where um, they get to the edge of a forest and they basically are like, well, sorry, Ash, you now have to do this. <laughs> Too bad. Did we mention the part where you have to go in? Because we're not going in there.
1: I just I like how they just sit him off. Like, he's supposed to know exactly where he's going, you know, <laughs> that he's supposed to be familiar with all of this. Like, just, you know, good luck. Yeah. Don't get lost.
0: But I actually I laughed so much at this scene because of Wiseman Johnny's trying to explain to Ash the phrase that he has to use when he gets to the necronomicon and he's like okay repeat it and Ash is like yeah 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 I get your dumb words like it's just so funny watching him get so frustrated <laughs> because it obviously comes back to bite him in the bum later yeah
1: I mean he just he, he's so macho and so sure of himself i i feel like this is kind of like the comedic like toxic masculinity yeah like if this is why you need to actually listen and just you know take advice from other people and he's like <laughs> don't advice. just do it your own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever wise man john whatever yeah <laughs> The uh, the phrase that he is meant to use is Klaatu Verata Two, which is a nod to the film The Day the Earth Stood Still, which I thought was really cool. I
1: did not know that.
0: Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Because I haven't seen the original, but I've seen the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves. So I need to go see the original and be like, ah, that's the bit. Because obviously <laughs> this movie was made way before the remake of that movie. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ash enters in on into this enchanted forest, which uh, Wiseman John has said that the forest is ruled by the Dark Spirit, and follow this path. It'll lead you to the unholy place. There's a cemetery, and that's where you're going to find the Necronomicon. So Ash heads off. He, he seems pretty confident, like, yeah, cool. It's, I've only got to follow this path. I'm on my way in. Um, except we see the incredible camera work of Raimi um, that we know from the first two films where we're seeing that unseen force coming for Ash and that's probably like yeah. some of my favorite camera work that Raimi
1: does. Yeah I mean it's your, your point of view of whatever the evil is you know dodging you know through the trees following Ash you know you, you feel like you're giving him so much pressure like and his reaction to it is so believable.
0: Yeah, he knows what it is, <laughs> so he's like, "I gotta get the hell out of here." Um, mm-hmm. So he he gets he 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 can really ride a horse. So I was like, "Wow!" He he actually does a really great job of riding this horse, and he eventually uh, falls off, rolls down the hill, lands in some mud, and continues to run from the the force chasing him he makes it into a gigantic windmill, which I think is just, in those night shots of that windmill, they're just so beautiful.
1: Um He, I was, yes. I was going to say with the windmill, what I thought was really cool, because I, I had told you, I ended up watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on it. It was a miniature. It wasn't even a, like a real building. What? They did like, you know, forced perspective stuff to make it look the way that it did. That's so cool. <laughs>
0: I was like, that windmill is badass. I mean, because like we don't have windmills like that here. So I was like, oh, I'd love to see something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> now it's a mini. I'll just get my own. Um, <laughs> he forces himself into the windmill, slams the door shut, and slide, slides uh, like a latch across, rebolts it, and holds off the evil force until it finally leaves. Um, we see a night turning, day turning to night as Ash just sits and waits. For his chance to go and find the Necronomicon. But I love this scene where he's looking up and the um, cogs that run the windmill all start to stop. And the windmill stops and it's just dead silence. I, I really loved that. That was that was cool.
1: It's like it's like your little tell that it's you know, it's just starting to get not quite right yes it, it it's unsettling
0: because Ash is watching it all like, oh no, no no, 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 Don't
1: they do something similar in Evil Dead 2, though, where like the clock stops and everything, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that's what I love that he brings all of that through all of the films mm-hmm. to be like, this is a motif, this is what this, so you know when all this is happening, you're like, oh, things are gonna get weird. <laughs> um so ash i don't really understand this part because ash turns around catches a glimpse of himself and he runs and smashes the mirror and i was like is this because he doesn't recognize who he is or yeah. i i didn't really understand this part
1: see that was one of the things that i was kind of struggling you know when i was re-watching it i mean he just like you know like a football player just you know rams into it and mm. And it just it didn't seem to make any sense that like he sees himself and it's like oh gotta go break that. <laughs> I was like, just okay. Run into it.
0: Maybe he uh, yeah, because there's not even like a second glance where he's like, was that something else or it was just like oh no, gotta smash gotta smash the mirror. <laughs> I was like, okay. Sets um, you up for all the little ashes though. Yes, because when the mirror, uh, um smashes uh, a whole bunch of little mini ashes come out i think there's like six or seven of them or maybe eight i can't remember i did read it somewhere and i love that they get this like it's like a little mini pitchfork i think it's meant to be a medieval fork and they yell ramming speed and just like smash him in the butt with this like spear (laughs) which i thought i love the mini ashes they're weird um (laughs) At first, I didn't like them, but re-watching it again and again, I'm like, okay, I, I do like it.
1: And I mean, it's one of those, like, I, I feel like this whole segment, it's kind of like the iffiest in terms of like, how the quality looks with the film with like the little ashes, and then, you know, your big ash in the background. But I feel like that's also part of its charm, like, you you know, you're watching something that's not going to be exactly perfect. Yeah. and.
0: And it's nuts.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers.
0: Yeah. I love that he throws uh that spike that is in his butt at one of the minis and it pins him to like a pillar of the of the windmill. Um but he is overpowered by the mini ashes and they trap him and tie, tie him down. Well they knock him out, I think.
1: Yeah, and he wakes up and then he's got all like, you know, himself like tied down. <laughs> And, uh, from the rafters,
0: one of the minis dive straight down into Asha's mouth. Yep. Uh,
1: I love it. Not even anything you can say about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just like, this is weird, but the, the direction that it goes in, I love. Um, so, uh. At first he tries to throw the Mini Ash up, which is quite a great response, but I'm confused. <laughs> I, I'm I always like, what? Don't do that, because he sculls a whole bunch of boiling hot water thinking that that will kill the Mini Ash, <laughs> like boil him in his stomach. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of, I, like, it's just like, don't do not do that, don't, don't do not do! please don't. Stop that.
1: <laughs> um, the project behind it just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: But he burns himself first, and it's like, obviously you've burnt yourself. This is going to hurt. Don't do that. Uh, he he um, he's goes outside, I'm pretty sure, because he starts, he's outside, he's scratching his shoulder, and he tears back his shirt to find a blinking eye on his, like, shoulder blade. And then it, um, I love that that he runs out and howls, And we start i love that i don't know what it is but i was like i love that there's a howl as he's transforming and there's like an evil ash growing out from the side of him oh
1: yes i I think that appliance too like it looks so cool yeah like (laughs)
0: they um i love the stop motion that they use as ash and evil ash are like crawling like back like like a backwards crawl down a hill and i love stop motion so when i saw that in it yeah i was like that is cool i love that um so ash evil ash after they tumble down a hill splits completely off ash and i love that he kind of mocks ash and he's like you're such a goody two-shoes it's like
1: what that's like that little like that little jig dance thing like and that's something too. Like with watching other like movies, like Drag Me to Hell, like the possessed, like demon, you know, guy. in that one does like that same little dance. Yes, I just want to know. I just want to know where he like got it. That demons just like to, you know, <laughs> have a dance. Dance song. Have an Irish jig.
0: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Ash. Um basically captures Evil Ash. I think he shoots him and then drags him back to the windmill, chains him down, chainsaws him to pieces, and throws him in a ditch. And I love the dialogue between the two of them. Because, you know, like Evil Ash says to him, you'll die in the graveyard before you get there, like before you get to the Necronomicon. Ash is like, oh, heads up. And he's like, what? And he just like throws like, like a... shovel full of dirt on his face. I was like,
1: oh, I love,
0: bless, I love this so much. Like, all the one-liners are so classic.
1: Even, I mean, and Ash, once he's got him buried, he's still even nice to, you know, give him, you know, his little cross, you know, grave marker, you know. Yeah. Gotta get out over from the other ones, too. He's very respectful. He's respectful of the dead. Um, he, <laughs> I think...
0: <laughs> He uh, rides off, his, off on his horse that has
1: returned to him, even though the horse the, the ran continu- off. The continuity there is a little bit. <laughs> how, how did the horse survive the evil?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe it doesn't attack animals because we do see a lot of horses in the undead army on horses. So maybe it does. It leaves horses are pure. They just leave them alone. <laughs> Cannot be corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ash makes it to the cemetery, which I thought was really cool. It just reminded me of like a kids horror movie when they get to like cemeteries and stuff.
1: See, and that was another point too that I think that they had used like the miniatures and like the perspective and stuff too. like wow! Yeah, on that one.
0: Yeah, really. The sets are like (laughs) obvious sets, and I I think I like it.
1: Well, I feel like it gives you kind of that like old horror movie feel where it's like you you know everything's very, very like fake, but it's like kind of comforting and you're okay with it.
0: Yeah. And because Bruce Campbell's in the movie, so that's fine.
1: That makes everything better. (laughs) (laughs) He
0: arrives at a pyre where there are three books that all look alike, they all look like a Necronomicon. And I love that he gets so pissed off at the fact that Wiseman John didn't tell him that there were three books.
1: That's why you got to remember the words. <laughs> so the, he opens
0: the first book, and it has like a like a vortex that goes down into the book, and it stretches his arms in but he eventually, he gets sucked in and he crawls back out and his face is all stretched and it just felt like Beetlejuice. Like maybe Beetlejuice was inspired by this, you know, like with the like the clay and um, like those kinds of prosthetics for, for visual effects. I, I really liked it. It was cool.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that, I almost feel like some of it like, was just to make him suffer a little bit because, I mean, you know each one of those is going to take so much time to put it on. And, you know, he does, like, the head shake and then it's a different, you know, appliance. Yeah. I can't imagine how long that would have actually took to, okay, put it on, do your bit, change it up to something else. Yeah. And the fact that they transitioned
0: it really well, at like, too, for, like, a 1992 film, <laughs> it's actually quite impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like visual effects on this were... they were i'm very impressed i feel like it's one of those things that still holds up even you know now you know better than some of the cgi and things
0: yeah i'm a bit iffy on cgi lately because i'm just like yeah use it but if you can do a practical effect do that instead like that's so much more visually and aesthetically pleasing than throwing cgi and just like I I understand like sci-fi films that need CGI like that makes sense and sometimes you can't make a ghost without CGI well in modern times anyway because people are like that looks fake Um, but the those practical effects and even um, I recently watched James Wan's Malignant and his practical effects are just so good in this film like in that film and I feel like it's a real throwback to films like Army of Dead, uh, uh, Army of the Dead, Army of Darkness. <laughs> I kept typing it last night, and I was like, "I'm not. I haven't even watched Army of the Dead." Um, <laughs> and and films that embrace the the ridiculousness of practical effects and how much
1: you can really do with it. Now, see, that's one of the reasons. Like, um, gosh, what was it? Hatchet when that one with Kane Hodder with all the practical effects all like the rubber and stuff. I mean, it, I don't know. I just get really happy like watching it and that's, you know, like with the behind the scenes stuff, I love looking at all like the ways they put it together.
0: I don't know. That's cool. I'd love to. Oh, I just, it's, it's like when I find out friends are studying like special effects and stuff at makeup school and i'm like yes and they're posting like their gory stuff that they're doing because they're doing like horror effects and studying how to make scars and like wounds and stuff and i'm like yes post more that's so cool <laughs> i have no idea how you do it but i i love it i love it so much
1: See, that i always and tiktok's been really bad for it lately i love getting on there and watching people do like you know the special effects makeup like i yeah. know that it pops up with a you know may have something offensive in it i'm like yep let's take that warning off and see what they do (laughs) yeah uh
0: yes i do want to view this video
1: (laughs) i do want to see what kind of crazy gross thing that they're doing (laughs) i'm gonna have to get that on my for
0: you page somehow so i can see it more often (laughs) uh ash attempts to say the magic phrase that will allow him to remove the book safely however he can't get the right words um and he tries to trick the book by mumbling and he's like coughing as well <laughs> he's like i said the words i did <laughs> like coughing trying to cover up the fact that he can't remember
1: i mean he was trying to be resourceful he was trying to get it as close as possible but still skirt around the fact that he had no idea what he was doing
0: we all knew this was gonna happen mm-hmm. Uh, he instead decides just to grab the book from the cradle and rushes back to the castle while a army of skeletons ra- rise from the grounds all around. During his um, panicked ride back, Ash's evil copy rises from his grave and unites the deadites into the army of darkness. I love his, I love the prosthetics done on evil Ash.
1: Yeah. It- It was one of those things that i appreciated because i mean whenever ash you know good ash you know it shot him you know it was right in the face and you can see like where the jaw and everything's not quite right and you know little things like that that i could appreciate
0: yeah and the fact that it was a shotgun so there's like shotgun pellet holes in, in the side of his face yeah. as well and i was like that is sh- whoever i don't i'm not too sure who did the special effects for this one um like the practical effects but they did a fantastic job like it looks gross and gory and there's like oozing out of his face <laughs> and it's just i lo- i love it it's it's so brilliant um, he basically rides back to the castle and even though he has raised this army of skeletons um, he he wants to go home still so he's like uh, read the passage and send me home I don't give a shit let's go <laughs> um, so he is getting ready to leave they're like yep cool no worries um, we don't really know what's happening <laughs> What's going on? And Sheila's like, what are you doing? Like, what about the moment that we shared together? It's and... all the time. <laughs> it's, uh, don't worry about it. Just uh sorry. Um, I just don't have it in me. Um uh, as he walks away, Sheila is captured by a flying deadite. The which kind of that was really interesting that they had a flying, like with it looked like um it reminded me of the vampires from Van Helsing like their wings
1: no I definitely I can see that because they had like their wing arms and then they had you know like their people arms you know
0: (laughs) wing (laughs) arms and people arms (laughs) (laughs) I love that but she did this flying deader did have wing arms and people arms and they all tried to shoot her which obviously isn't going to work Um, it's, I really like the scene because Sheila's like, wait, what the fuck? No, I don't want to be here. Uh, Evil Ash, we're back at the graveyard with Evil Ash yelling at his skeleton workers to dig more skeletons to raise their army. When one of them yells, bring on the wench, and Sheila is thrown onto the pyre pyre at the feet of Evil Ash, who, um, wow, he's so gross. He tears, like, her her dress open, um, and then before forcing her to kiss him, says, give me some sugar, baby. So, obviously, his persona is taken from, like, this deep place in Ash, like, where Ash is inherently that person.
1: (laughs) gotta have that little bit of like womanizer you know to him and i i feel like that that's the only reason that they even got she because he had that you know deep place that he had to have what you know the good ash had
0: yeah you know? <laughs> yeah he wants those things too um and his yeah. i just thought it was so grace gross because like you can see his face <laughs> is like falling apart as he's like trying to kiss her and uh. <laughs> Um, I love that it kind of pans out and the skeletons are bringing all these beautiful women that are chained up with them, and he's like, we've got plans for you, girly girl, and she's like she was gorgeous in this like ethereal purple dress and I was like, what are you going to do to her? What are you doing?
1: I mean, I, I couldn't figure out what a bunch of
0: skeletons would need, but <laughs> I, I don't think they have many needs like, you don't even need to feed them Uh, back at the castle, soldiers are advising uh, the army and Arthur that the the skeleton army, the army of darkness, is two days' ride right away from them. So they're all like, "We're leaving. We've got to get out of here. We've got to get all the people out. Uh, we need to. We need to go to safety." When a gunshot rings out, and Ash gives them like a, a speech about how he will help them, we need to lead. I, I will lead you humans against this eye army. And everyone's, he's like, someone asks him, like, who's going to do it? He's like, yeah, you and who? And he's like, just me, baby. (laughs) And this guy's like, what? Um, But he makes a really great suggestion about having Henry and his men join them fight, which is really cool. And I love when he's like, who's with me? And everyone's just like, no. (laughs) And just one person's like, yes. Okay, so reluctantly they all start to say yes and they join in on Ash's plans.
1: Nobody seemed enthused about what was going
0: on. (laughs) No. Everyone's just like, you are crazy. I don't want in on that. (laughs) No thanks. Uh, Back at Camp Evil Ash, we find that Sheila has been turned into a deadite. Um, So she's got, like, this beautiful white makeup on and, like, a... a reddish kind of lipstick to match her beautiful dress and hood that she's wearing. Um, as a deadite, she's ugly, but also pretty.
1: I mean, she definitely, I mean, out of all the other deadites that we've seen, like she's the most attractive one, <laughs> you know, by far. still not that great, but it's yeah. not like, you know, the the one in the pit or even, you know, the lady, you know, that, you know, was attacking them and Arthur, you know. Yeah. She still, like, retained a lot of, like, her normal, you know. but like, you still knew it was Sheila. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, you know, Evil Dead 2 where you get, like, crazy, like, weird snake necks and things going on, you know. Oh, that's the coolest part. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, the skeletons uh, and the army are marching towards the castle. They're on their way. Um, whilst this is happening, Ash is giving a super motivational speech to the soldiers about how they can do it. He's got heaps of ideas. Um they ride in his delta like drawn by horses. <laughs> I love that cuz they're like sitting on the top r- riding it like um like a horse and cart. I was like, "Oh, that's really cute." And in his boot, he pulls out a whole bunch of ammunition, some more weapons, and some engineering and chemistry textbooks.
1: Look that. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. I mean, it kind of drove home, like you were saying, you know, that he had been, you know, like a college student. He had, you know, been smart and had this future and things. And I mean, and he puts it all, you know, to use. They make gunpowder and, you know, they, they get the Delta running into some like crazy machine. <laughs> With like you
0: helicopters. Know? There's like a helicopter
1: rotary on it. <laughs> yes. But I love like that there's like a me. montage. Yeah. <laughs> i was like i love it's this like 80s action montage where he's got a show you know getting everybody into like fighting shape you know
0: <laughs> i was like it's so funny because when you see ash um as an adult and he's like this absolute dropkick that lives in a trailer and he's got like a beer gut and you see him back in this and you're just like how is that the same person <laughs> it's just so uh like the juxtaposition of who he becomes in the tv shows i really appreciate the way that they did it because they're kind of like this is what trauma does to people like (laughs) ash has been through some shit uh they also create some like dynamite and bombs and it's just the coolest like i love that they're all like wow and like the the scene in the montage where one of the guys has like a bag of gunpowder and he's like holding it over a flame and Ash is like oh no 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 <laughs>
1: the wise man is <laughs> like sitting there about to do that and I'm just like dude you're not being too wise right now. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Stop <laughs>
0: um on uh at night, the army of darkness arrives at the gates and I love the big like cartoon moon that Ash is, like, standing under on, like, one of the parts of the castle, like, a turret. And I was like, that actually looks really pretty. (laughs) It's Uh, very dramatic. It is. Um, the, the, The skeletons have a music unit, which I thought was really cool. So they have, like, drums and bagpipes and some flute players. I was impressed. I mean,
1: them compared to, you know... Good Ashes Army. I mean, the the Deadites. They had, you know, they had their stuff together. I mean, they they knew they put the resources where they needed to. They understood the assignment. Going, you know.
0: <laughs> but there's a lot of skeletons, and they like overwhelm the side of this hill. And um, there's only sixty men inside the castle, so they're kind of like a little bit uh, nervous, obviously, about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheila and Ash arrive, Evil Ash, sorry, arrive on some really badass horses that are covered in armor. And uh, Ash is, Evil Ash is explaining his plan to have Sheila as his queen. Once he has the power of the Necronomicon. I love this battle scene, but to me it did um, like go for quite some time. It went for like 35 minutes of the film where I was like, Oh wow. There's a, there's there's a lot but not a lot
1: going on i feel like it was to more so show off all of their skeletons <laughs> I feel like that's all it was is that it's like we invested all of our money in these skeletons we're going to show them off because <laughs> they use um claymation for the skeletons as well
0: i think like stop motion
1: they had stop motion they had puppets they had people in costumes um bill Mosley was actually one of like the dead Eye captain like the one yeah. with the eye patch yeah i mean he was even in on it like pulling <laughs> another horse around that had like a rubber skeleton on it you know like that was cool, they, they really cool. All the stops.
0: yeah they really went all out sam Raimi's like we're gonna go insane because we've got some studio money let's go nuts um, so there's like uh, the army of humans is waiting for the skeletons to continue their march forward onto the castle. And Ash has equipped their arrows yeah. with dynamite. So when they're hitting skeletons, they're exploding and it's taking out like quite a few skeletons as it goes, but just more and more keep coming. And I love that Ash is up on the top like yelling, Yeah, baby. And I'm, <laughs> I was just like, Oh. That'd be me watching things explode.
1: Well, you, you think that you're doing really
0: well right now? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like I like your enthusiasm. Um, they also set off like a bunch of these catapults that are also equipped with like gunpowder, and it's blowing up everybody. And Evil Ash is on his horse, like yelling at all of his units, and he's yelling, "Oh, you miserable bag of bones! Pick." Pick yourself up and sally forth. But he has to repeat Sally like a couple of times because his jaw keeps falling off. <laughs> I just love that so much. It's that kind of humor that, that I get that. Like, that is my type of humor. <laughs> oh, um, oh, I laughed for ages about that last night. <laughs>
1: I mean it's the things like that that I just I really appreciate because it's one of those parts where you it it is more serious because you've got the battle and the explosions going on but we're gonna slip that little you know little bit in there
0: (laughs) a little bit of comedic relief (laughs) The army makes its way into the castle and as they're going through, they're attacking and killing soldiers as they take over. Out of nowhere, Ash bursts through some gates with the Delta, which is fully equipped with all kinds of, like, torture devices. There's a gun turret on top. There's, um, like, helicopter blades. There's chains, fire. And he's just taking out all of these skeletons in the courtyard until he sees Sheila looking absolutely stunning in a red dress. She's kind of like done the dead eye thing where she reverts back to her human self. And I love that he slams on the brakes, throws himself out of the Delta and it just smashes, like tumbles, smashes onto its side and explodes. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh i loved that scene that was like that was the action the the coolest action scene in the whole film for me
1: i mean I, i'm guessing that she was worth it you know if we're going to go and destroy that you know wonderful piece of machinery that's you know saving the day essentially at that point <laughs>
0: He could have kept using
1: that to like help
0: like win the battle but he was like oh no, no,
1: no <laughs> just you know tuck and roll
0: yeah it was a typical ash move
1: i'll say shoot first think never
0: yeah <laughs> Uh, Deadite Sheila attacks Ash, who tries to stab him with a spear. There's like a fight scene, and I think she disappears or Ash runs away from her because he's ta- he's trying to take after go after evil Ash. But before he, because uh, there's like a scene where he's like running through the castle trying to find evil Ash, and he yeah. is like Sheila launches himself on like, herself onto Ash to interrupt, like, him getting evil Ash. And um, he says to her, honey, you got real ugly. And I was like, oh, that's so (laughs) me. He's so dismissive sometimes, like, just like, oh, no. Like, so, uh, like you said, that toxic masculinity side of him that you can't help but laugh because it's
1: just, it's so bad. (laughs) It's like a caricature of what toxic masculinity is. I yeah. feel like, like you, you know, that's not how you're supposed to actually treat people. But you know, he's going to like get his comeuppance, and you know, it's not going to work out for him. So it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of the things that Ash does always comes back to like to get him. Yeah, <laughs> especially in Ash vs will yeah. Dead, doesn't go so well for him in that series. <laughs> Uh, He spears Sheila and launches her off the side of the, like the balcony thing. Um, And then he turns and throws the spear into the back of evil Ash. And uh, evil Ash says to him, you're pissing me off, you ugly son of a bitch. Uh, So they have this like epic battle. And, um, Ash is fighting evil Ash, but he's also like fighting off deadites and skeletons, and it's like a big thing. There's swords and spears and a gun. There's lots going
1: on. It's very choreographed. I mean, the, just the way that it does, because I think that's one of the scenes too that had like the stop motion stuff going on. Yeah, so I it's like, so. I don't even think he was fighting anything there. He's, you know, you're pretending
0: imagine how hard that would be and like exerting on your body because you're you're trying to fight like something that would have weight or be heavy and it would probably be easier to have it on your body than try and um do it without that there because you're like trying even harder to make it look like it's heavy or there's weight or you're putting power behind something i couldn't imagine having to do that
1: that feels that, I think that's too much for my brain to, like, comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ash
0: eventually gets the upper hand and he sets Evil Ash on fire before kicking him off the side of the castle, down into... I think there's a valley or a ravine behind the castle. Um, but Evil Ash has other pa- plans and he climbs back up and his skin has completely melted off at this stage. He's he's a skeleton mm-hmm. like the other deadites and... Um, I love this because, um, whilst they're fighting, they. There's like a whole string of events, and a lamp is knocked onto like a detonation string thing that is connected to a a catapult. And, um, before. Just before this happens, Ash punches evil Ash in the face and his head spins around. Um, and as he like launches him onto this catapult, he says, buckle up bonehead because you're going for a ride. And <laughs> launches um evil ash into the night sky and he explodes. Which gives the Necronomicon back to Ash in this whole this sequence of events. I love I just love his one-liners.
1: They're they're so good. I mean I I feel like that's probably the biggest reason it's such a classic is just like those one-liners i mean i feel like anybody that's kind of like geeky or into you know any kind of like fandom thing if you've got things that you can quote and other people are going to instantly recognize what you're quoting i mean that i love that
0: (laughs) Yes, i'm i'm like that as well because i'm just like yes yes Uh, Sheila has returned back to her human self, and her and Ash embrace. Um, then, after this yeah. scene, we see Wiseman John putting together like a tonic for Ash, and is repeating the words that he needs to say. And he's like, "Say them correctly. <laughs> say it right." <laughs> um, Outside of the castle, Ash is saying farewell to Sheila, and they kiss once more before he rides off. I'm assuming he has to go back to the place that he landed.
1: That I didn't, I couldn't figure that out because I, I don't know why he could just you know chill out at the castle, or if there's some kind of you know something that happens whenever he drinks this. I mean, it doesn't. It's we just get thrust back to you know the modern you know yeah
0: time i'm assuming because it's a vortex that he doesn't want they don't want him in the castle sucking all of them into the vortex maybe
1: uh, i hmm. mean I, unanswered questions yeah i'm gonna have to get on the wikipedia <laughs>
0: reddit forums why is this <laughs> Does the um, vortex take back to the future or? <laughs> did did they do this out? Did the, he go out into the hills of England to yeah. so the vortex didn't suck everyone else back in? That's a really specific question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fight, We don't see what happens with Ash when he takes the tonic and repeats the correct words Klaatu, uh, Varad- Varada, Nick to. But we do see him back at the S-Smart store telling his co-worker, who is uh, Sam Raimi's brother. Um, I can't yeah. remember his, because he's got like two brothers, two or three brothers. So I don't know which brother it was.
1: I'm honestly, I feel like they all worked on the movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that they definitely did for Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Um, and, and this one, obviously, because I did mention it at the start. Um, so he's telling him all about his uh, adventure back in time and how he could have been king and he's so famous back in 1300 AD. But the coworker looks so bored, like he's heard this story a million times.
1: I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the case. Like, I feel like probably anytime somebody new comes in, Ash has got to like come up, just saunter on, let, let me tell you about how I, you know, I could have been the king you know one like claim to fame and it's so out there nobody's ever going to believe it you know but he's still he's got to tell everybody about it
0: yeah sounds about right my look i love my dad but my dad likes to tell my dad is a great storyteller and because i've heard the story so many times whenever he tells like a new person a particular story i'm like oh my god i've heard this a million times i know this story i know this already Dad. Um, Dad, I love you. I just so you know. Um, so Ash is helping a customer out who I think she says something about him. You know that's really interesting. I heard you know blah blah blah. I can't I can't remember
1: what she says. I can't tell if it was if it was a customer or a coworker, but I feel like she was. You know, I heard how you were talking about how you know. You could have been king. Yeah. You know, like, just that... That I, I'm sorry, if I heard somebody talking about 1300 AD, I would be just kind of like, going to go the opposite direction now. Because I think...
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe I was telling a dream. I don't know. I'm going to avoid this situation.
1: <laughs> uh, somebody, did, yeah, somebody did not take their medication this morning, and... <laughs> Do you, need, do
0: you need me to call your your a parent? <laughs> uh like your partner? A, a sibling? Uh the police? Uh <laughs> no, I'd never call the police on a mental health patient. That's crazy. Um, no, definitely not. No. The um I love this because we see we hear the the hum of the evil force before we see it. Uh, well, before we see the, the perspective of the evil force, as it comes through the aisle that Ash is standing on, blows the hair back of the woman speaking to him to reveal a deadite on the opposite, like, aisle to to Ash. Um, he eventually kills, the, the defeats, sorry, the uh, deadite, and the film ends with Ash saying, Hail to the king, baby! and uh, kissing his fellow sales lady, which is probably my favorite quote in the entire film.
1: Well, and they kind of, you know, we, we've we lost like Linda, the first girlfriend, we're over Sheila. We're just going to grab that rando in the store. and <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like we all know that Ash doesn't get close to women in Ash vs. Evil Dead because of what happened to, to Linda um, mm-hmm. and that he, you know, is obviously very uh, traumatized by what happened. Um, so I kind of like that he's using his womanizing as a defense mechanism, so he doesn't have to get close to people. Um, mm-hmm. It's very telling. I I think I really enjoy um, how Ash vs Evil Dead portrays Ash's emotions or lack thereof.
1: You no, know, the, I feel like it did a very very good job, like building upon the character that you know started emerging within Army of Darkness and I, I wish they had alluded a bit more to it. I, I think like with the first season of Ash versus Evil Dead, they couldn't because of them not having the rights to Army of Darkness, but I think oh. once they got further on in the series that they were able to kind of tie it in a little bit better.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting because obviously Universal Studios own the rights. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Studio interference, because I know that it's the studio's doing to have the film "Army of Darkness" that as its title, rather than um, Sam Raimi. I think wanted to name it "Evil Dead Three: Army of Darkness," or um, there was another title
1: for it. Medieval Dead, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which would have been perfect for
1: it. It definitely it, it capitalizes. I think that just. Kind of covers everything that the movie's about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
1: that is the Evil Dead. Uh, the Evil Dead.
0: The, uh, Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 3. <laughs> Evil Dead 3, Medieval yeah. Dead. I am just. It's Sunday morning, everybody. Um, my brain switches off at 4 p.m. on Fridays. <laughs> Catch me before then if you want an actual conversation. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah here it's almost like 10 p.m so it's getting like that bedtime
0: yeah the brain fog (laughs) before you go to sleep
1: um well we'll wrap
0: it up so the question that i always ask my guests is uh what is the last horror film that you
1: watched the last horror film i watched um i watched Bloodfest last night um i I did watch army of darkness earlier today so that i would be able to actually (laughs) Be able to talk about it, but I watched Bloodfest last night, and it was the first time I had seen that one.
0: What's that about? I have, I think I've heard of it, but I'm not too sure.
1: Um, it is these friends that go to a like horror festival, where diff- it's got different areas that are, I think, supposed to be based off of horror movies. But the guy that's running the festival is actually having like the actors and things in the park like killing people and he's using that to make a movie okay i think i'm gonna have to watch that that sounds cool it's definitely really um it's a very like slick clean movie it's got a lot of like humorous like points to it It, it, it's definitely one of those that like don't don't take it super seriously just kind of like enjoy it
0: yeah, I'll, I need that for a Sunday. What um where did you watch it?
1: I watched it on Prime. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. Yeah. It, it, I might it have it, it on as, my it, Prime.
1: It showed it as suggested to me and so I tried to I took a chance on it and I actually ended up really liking it. Excellent. Actually, I think I've seen it on Prime.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen it. Because we don't get, obviously, everything that's in the States, which is really unfortunate, but because of Australian classification, um, <laughs> it takes a really long time to get things that are already classified in the States classified here. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, Chainsaw Massacre didn't launch in Australia until 1984. So it took, like, four <laughs> goes at getting it classified. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, where can listeners find you, uh, your content? Um,
1: the, anything you're doing on social media online um, so right now I am probably the most active on Instagram I post um, you know of course some of my modeling but I'll also post um, like horror movie reviews I do a lot of little um, true crime like encrypted and things like cases related to whatever movie I'm talking about at the time um, so I try to do a more like all encompassing, you know, look to, you know, to whatever I'm watching at that time or wanting to talk about. That's awesome. I'll, true Crime like
0: my other thing that I'm, I I love. <laughs> um, I actually went to university and studied criminology because I wanted to be so involved in like solving crime and
1: cases.
0: And things. Yeah. I wanted to be a criminal
1: profiler. Um <laughs> I wanted to do actually about the same thing I got really into like Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs and things like that I wanted to I wanted to go to school um, for forensic psychology oh wow that's awesome yeah I I got I got the psychology degree but ended up not going much further than that (laughs) yeah because you have to go
0: and do post-grad stuff for forensic psychology don't you I know we have to here it's like years of (laughs) post-grad
1: it thanks yeah i it it, i really wanted to do it but i feel like it was going to be one of those careers at the end of the day i couldn't i probably wouldn't be one of those people to just leave work at work yeah i'm very sensitive and empathetic i feel like that would probably be a downfall in a job like that
0: oh yeah absolutely that's why i um i was going to graduate and join the police force here and do a couple of years and then move to like, you have to do two years of like general service, like patrol and, and whatnot before you can choose a unit to go into. Um, and then I wanted to join like the dog squad so I could have a dog.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and my dad's like, no. like, what? And I was like, yeah, I just want to join the dog unit so I can have a dog. And my dad's like, oh my God, don't, don't become a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> uh well thank you so much for joining me i had an awesome time talking about army of darkness it
1: was great oh i definitely had a lot of fun
0: awesome
1: i got myself all like got all psyched up for it and i'm i'm really happy i'm glad i got to get on here and talk about it (laughs) me too uh so guests uh thank you my, to my wonderful guests,
0: please make sure you check Helena out on all the places mentioned. Her Instagram is really awesome. I, I do enjoy interacting and seeing her stuff on there. And thanks to you listeners. Uh, if you've joined enjoyed, enjoyed this, I can't speak this weekend. Yesterday's episode was horrible as well. Train wreck. And you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore. And to get the latest... Uh, on the podcast on Twitter, it's Pod, and you can find us kind of like intermingled together at Cat TGIF. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.